We've all heard it said, judge not lest you be judged. In general, people who are judgmental have a bad reputation. Generally, don't uh, secure many friends when you're a judgmental person. And Christians, if we're real about this, Christians have been labeled as judgmental. And while it's true that some deserve this label, certainly not all do. For there are those who simply have an axe to grind, so to speak, against Christians and against the church. Nonetheless, we need to take a good look at this today. What does Jesus say to us about being judgmental? And as it was said earlier here, we are in a sermon series now, Seeing Better in 2019. We believe our Lord is the divine optometrist. He is the one who opens our eyes, who expands our vision to see what we need to see. And so we're going to have an eye examination today. How often do we judge others negatively? How often do we have a critical eye? How often do we look down on others? So we're going to learn from Jesus now. See, we always come to him. He's the head of the church. He's the one leading us onward and upward. We've got to keep looking to him. So let's look to Jesus and get our eyes checked today. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 7. And looking at verses 1 through 5. Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Well, as Jesus often does, he gets straight to the point. Yes, our Lord can be pretty blunt. And in this case, about getting our eyes checked first before checking the eyes of others. Now, he uses an illustration here that raises the eyebrows and drives the point home. He's saying, you know, how can you say to someone, hey, hey, let let me take that little itty-bitty speck of sawdust out of your eye. It's like, how, how can you say that when you have a huge six-foot beam coming out of your eye? Whoa, 
can I get a Woe Nelly? You know, it's, it's this beam, you know, right now, our brother Alvy Schaefer is helping us in the parsonage uh, to kind of fully finish the fireplace that we, we put in a while back. We're putting a big beam, and that's a, it's a beam of, of wood that came out of our church cemetery, and it's, he's helping us. I need help with this. I'm not as handy Andy as I'd like to be. Uh, so Brother Alvy comes in. He says, Andy, let me show you how to do it, okay? And so we're going to put up this big beam, and it is like five or six feet long for sure. and probably weighs as much as me or more. So it's, it, but it's, I think about that beam, that big plank of wood. And yeah, you try, I mean, try to imagine that thing, you know, like coming out of your eye. It's like, whoa, that's, that's quite a, a vision, Jesus, that you're giving us. You know, Jesus was the master of what we call hyperbole. And hyperbole is using exaggeration to drive a spiritual point home. I want to look. I have a couple cartoons that I found. There it is. There's one right there. Okay. Uh, that one guy saying, uh, uh, hey, hey, bub, you have a little something in your eye there. Uh, the other guy's like, he, he, he could say, um, bub, uh, you have something a little bigger in your eye there. Right? All right let's, go, let's go to the next one here. All right. Dude, I think I got something in my eye. Hey, hey don't worry. I'll help you get it out. And to which the other guy could respond, dude, you need a little more help than I do. Dude. There's that big beam sticking out of his eye. See, so each person has an issue here. You know, we all have issues. Uh, and in this case, it's the issue of wood in the eye. You know, the, the, the speck of sawdust versus the big beam. So, but clearly one person has the bigger issue here and therefore has no right to call the other person out. So Jesus calls that person a hypocrite. We don't want to be hypocrites. So I think what Jesus is really trying to tell us is this. Focus on your eyes first. We could all do that better, myself included. Focus on your eyes first. See, in the spiritual sense, the health of someone's eyes is the way they see things in the world. And it's directly connected to your heart. I talked to the kids today about, you know, what's in here. That's, that's the core of who we are. The heart. The center of us. And so what happens in here affects what we see out there. So healthy heart, healthy eyes. Unhealthy heart, unhealthy eyes. See, what we see and project out here towards other people is related to what's going on in here, deep within us. It's all connected. So we often see what's in the eyes of others before we see what's in our own eyes. We all do this. So we have to think, do I have a critical eye? Do I more easily see what's wrong with others when I really maybe should take a look at myself and see what's wrong with me? 
The Bible talks about two different kingdoms that are trying to influence us. Influence the way we think, feel, and the way we see. There's the kingdom of the world, and there's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of the world is influenced by the deceiving voice of the devil. Where the sins of criticism, retribution, and revenge are behaviors that are justified. We see this in a lot of things we watch on TV, a lot of movies. That's the kingdom of the world coming through and through to each of us. We need to watch what we watch. Because criticism, revenge, getting people back, that's, that's all around us in the world. But the kingdom of God seeks the truth in accordance with God's word. And it challenges those very sins in us. It moves us to repent. Means, repent means to change. I'm going to stop doing that. So we, we're going to change. And then the Lord offers us forgiveness and a new start. So this is what we need to live in the kingdom of God, seeing things more and more the way God sees them. I'm not just trying to say, well, I live my life. Well, how does Andy see it? I'm like, God, how do you see it? Help me. Help us to see how you see. And so to connect this with our, the spiritual eyesight with these kingdoms, in the kingdom of the world, hear this. I see what's right with me, and I see what's wrong with you. Okay, that's, that's the essence of the kingdom of the world. You know, I, I see what's right with me, and I see what's wrong with you. In the kingdom of God, I see what's wrong with me before I see what's wrong with you. Our main point this morning is this. When we work to correct our own vision, our vision of others will be corrected. When we work to correct our own vision. Remember, we've been talking about we all have a vision impairment here. So we're working on correcting our own vision. And when we do so, our vision of others around us will be corrected. So spiritually speaking, if we become less far-sighted and more near-sighted, we will have healthier relationships. So what, am I, what do I mean by this? Talking near-sighted versus far-sighted. Often we're very far-sighted, meaning we too often see what's wrong outside of ourselves. That's what being far-sighted is. You can see better at a, at a distance. We see what's wrong outside of ourselves, how he, how she, how they are wrong. But what if we, church, became more nearsighted spiritually? Nearsighted mean we get better at seeing ourselves. I mean, what's near, what's right here, what's wrong in us. And then we can receive forgiveness from Jesus, and then we can start to receive the help of the Holy Spirit to change. We can't change what we never recognize. Can't change what we never see. Does this mean that we can never talk to someone? Hear this. Does it mean we can never talk to someone 
about the things that we are concerned about, like the ways that we see them hurting themselves or hurting others, means we have to button our lip and, and never get involved, never speak. No. See, we can speak to others with concern. We can, and the answer today comes out of Matthew 7, verse 5, where Jesus said, First, first take the plank of wood out of your own eye, then, he said, you will see clearly, then you will see clearly to remove that speck of sawdust out of the other person's eye. So we do the work ourselves first before we try to work on others or control others, change others. See, you and I will have a lot more respect and credibility in showing someone what we think they should work on when they know and see that you've been working on the same thing yourself. When you say, you know, I'm working on this in my own life. I'm working on this. Okay, like it's not just you with the, with the finger pointed, right? Because we, we've, we've heard this now and that finger is pointed out. Right? We have three fingers still pointing back. And that's often the case when we have that pointed finger. Hey, hey, three times over those fingers pointed back at us to say, hey, hey, look at yourself. When we look at ourselves, we'll be more in tune to see what's really going on with others. Uh, I want to say on a very practical note here, what's one of the best ways for me, I'm going to talk for Andy for a minute, for me to see the vision impairments in my own life? It's in my relationship with Karen and our kids. See, we often see our issues much more clearly from those closest to us. That's the truth. I mean, marriage is hard. It really, it's hard. It works on you, right? You can see, it's like a mirror. You see yourself, oh gosh. Things that, that Karen sees or hears from me that you won't see or hear. And when I do wrong, you know, I ask for forgiveness. And I try to change. Sometimes the kids, I do something and I realize, wow, I should have said that. I got a little too angry. I need to dial it back. Our children, our spouses, our, our parents, our friends will often speak to us about what's going on, kind of what's in our eye, I mean, what's in our eye, what's in our heart, what's going on, and we need to listen. So this is a very practical thing. Don't let your pride get in the way, okay? Pride gets in the way and says, no, no, I'm, I'm good. Don't let it get in the way. Listen to those closest to you to help clear up your vision. Just want to, okay. In Matthew 7, verse 1, we heard this phrase. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So this means how you give to others is how it will be given back to you. By other people and by God. So, listen in here. If, if you don't want to be judged harshly or unfairly, then don't judge others harshly or unfairly. Pretty simple, right? And now to, to frame it in a positive direction. Do you want grace? Give grace. 
Do you want mercy? Give mercy. Do you want forgiveness? Yes. Then give forgiveness. Do you want people to give you the benefit of the doubt and they don't know all the facts? This happens a lot. Do you want them to maybe see the best in you and maybe give you the benefit of the doubt? Well, then you give others the benefit of the doubt. And we know this all truly relates to the golden rule, which is found in Matthew 7, verse 12. This is just a little bit later in the scriptures beyond what we read today. A few verses later, Matthew 7, verse 12, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the reverse is true and should become obvious. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. All right. So in general, we can, we can say this. So in your words and actions towards others, lead with love. Three simple words. Lead with love. You'll begin to see people more accurately and with more compassion. It's the example of Jesus. See, in his trip from heaven to earth... He came to lead with love. That's what Jesus did and does. He leads with love. See, Jesus knows the worst about us. But he came to die for us anyway. How good is he? How good is Jesus, our God? He said, I will come to die for you, even though I see the worst in you. I want you that much. I love you that much. See, he came in complete kindness, not wanting to condemn us, but to save us. That's the truth. He comes in kindness, wanting to save. Speaking of kindness, I get some emails every uh, once in a while uh, through through Love Chapel, through uh, Sister Barbara Parker, who sends out the minutes and things going on. And she, yeah, there it is. She has this little quote at the bottom of every email. And this is just an awesome quote right here. It says, be kinder than necessary because everyone you meet is fighting some kind of battle. This is a quote from J.M. Barry, the creator of Peter Pan. Be kinder than necessary because everyone you meet is fighting some kind of battle. Now, this is extremely helpful when someone does something that gets on your nerves. And when your first thought was to judge them harshly and think how horrible they are. Think, but maybe they have something going on that you don't know about. So often hurting people hurt people. They hurt people because they're hurting themselves. You don't know what happened in their past. You don't know what happened when they were a child. What verbal or physical abuse they've been through. I mean, this is serious. Okay. And speaking of kindness, not a critical eye, a kind eye, and kind posture towards others. Right now at school, I think it's in the elementary school, our boys, uh, Graydon and Curtis, 
are participating in the Great Kindness Challenge, right? It's called the Great Kindness Challenge. So they have a list of 50 practical things they can do to be kind. So think of this. If our children, and even us as adults, are projecting kindness every day and not projecting negativity and criticism, then we won't be labeled as judgmental. If we're projecting kindness and we're leading in love, we won't be seen as judgmental. And I'm not saying, as we close up now, I am not saying that we should never talk to someone about our concerns, about what they're doing, and maybe their need to change. Yes, we can go to people, but, here's the but, but we need to make sure that we check our own eyes first. Check our own vision. Check our own heart first. And then we can go to them in a posture of kindness and love. And we can go to them kind of with what Mary Poppins tells us. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask for your forgiveness today for the times we have been wrong. For the times we have been critical and judgmental. Lord, we don't want to give Christians and we don't want to give you a bad name. A lot of times people look at us and and say like, I don't know if I want to go to church because of you. Maybe people see the opposite, but they want to come to church because they see the kindness and love that we're giving. We're seeing the best in them. We all have issues. We're going to see the best. Give them the benefit of the doubt. And Lord, help us to speak the truth to one another, but do it in love. And help us to take after your example, Jesus. For you're the Lord of love. You're the King of kindness. And instead of judging us harshly, you voluntarily took our place of judgment on the cross. That whoever trusts in you now will be forgiven with clean heart and clean, purified eyes. May your love and kindness fill us and may it overflow to others. Holy Spirit, we ask you now, in this very hour and in this week, help us to see better. Give us good vision to see you more clearly and to see others accurately. Give us healthy, loving relationships. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.